This is The Space Shot, episode 19, for June 2nd, 2017. Surveyor 1 and Mir. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. On this day in 1966, Surveyor 1, the first spacecraft launched in the Surveyor program, landed on the moon. Over the course of its life, Surveyor 1 studied the lunar surface and took thousands of photographs with its TV camera, giving scientists an unprecedented look at the lunar surface. On May 30th, the mission lifted off from Launch Complex 36, the site where Blue Origin is due to start flying missions from in the 2020s. The Surveyor series of landers were designed to prove it was possible to land on the moon. At the time, some scientists believed that the lunar soil would swallow up any spacecraft that touched down. Thankfully, this wasn't the case, and the Surveyor landers provided valuable insight into the soil composition and strength of the lunar surface. In the popular fiction of the day, Arthur C. Clarke wrote a hard science fiction novel called A Fall of Moon Dust about a cruise that was taken across a lunar sea due to the supposed fine powder that was flowing like water over the surface of the moon. While there's no moon dust oceans, the problems that lunar regolith, one of the terms for lunar soil, presents are daunting for future missions. During the Apollo missions to the moon, astronauts found that the dust could give them everything from hay fever to issues with scratching on their faceplates when they would go to wipe down the visors on their spacesuit helmets. The corrosive nature of the lunar regolith also wreaked havoc on the spacesuits, damaging fabric, fouling seals, and scratching everything in sight. The long-term effects of the sharp lunar dust being inhaled into the respiratory system aren't fully known yet, but it's one of many problems that would have to be solved before astronauts are able to either go back to the moon or onto Mars. Surveyor 1 only carried a television camera and sensors that were used to detect the force of landing when it did the first soft touchdown on the surface of the moon. Later Surveyor missions would carry scientific instruments, and these missions were flown with enough frequency that they were able to be iterative in nature allowing for the testing of new and yet unused technology during the development of the Surveyor program. This isn't the last time we'll talk about lunar regolith. I plan on diving into that powdery subject the next time we talk about Apollo and other missions to the moon. The last piece of history for this episode is that on this day in 1998, STS-91, the final space shuttle mission to the Russian space station Mir, was launched from Launch Complex 39A. This final Mir mission was flown by the space shuttle Discovery and had a crew of American astronauts and one Russian cosmonaut. STS-91 marked the end of Phase 1 of the International Space Station program. Phase 1 was being used as a proving ground for procedures that would be used in Phase 2, which was the actual construction of the International Space Station. The Shuttle Mir program was successful in a number of ways. It helped American astronauts stay in space for nearly 1,000 days, breaking numerous duration records for American spaceflight. American astronaut Shannon Lucid was the record holder for the longest duration mission, spending 188 days aboard the Russian station Mir. The number of long-duration increments, as they were called when an American astronaut would stay aboard Mir, allowed astronauts to study the long-term effects of spaceflight on the human body. These extended missions also saw the unplanned testing of emergency procedures in the wake of a fire inside Mir, as well as a collision between a Progress resupply ship and the station. Thankfully, no one was injured and the station wasn't permanently compromised. Later this month, I'll have an episode on the Mir Progress Collision since that accident took place on June 25th, 1997. 
tomorrow we get outside the spacecraft with Jiminy 4. I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to the show. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes and on Google Play Music, wherever you listen to this podcast. If you know someone that loves space, history, or pop culture, please share the Space Shot on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, anywhere you connect with your friends and family. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.